Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Very warm welcome to the process on Headliner Radio. Today I'm chatting to experienced mix and mastering engineer Bobby Balo about what he's been up to recently. Bobby, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure, man. It's um, it's a real pleasure to be chatting to you today from across the pond, of course. I know it's uh, quite early over there at the moment, but appreciate you getting up and uh, making this your first uh, first chat of the day, which is good. Of course. Yeah, coffee makes everything better, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, where, where are you joining us from today, Bobby? Uh, so East Coast of uh, the United States. So I'm out of the Washington, D.C. area. Okay. Fabulous. Okay, cool. And how, have you been kind of based there throughout the pandemic? Have you been moving around or have you kind of been mostly in one place? Yes. Uh, so I grew up in the Midwest. So uh, Wisconsin, like Chicago area, if, if you're familiar. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe about four years or five years ago, I moved out to the East Coast. Okay. So I've been here through the, the all the craziness. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like a lot of people, I've switched from uh having a studio that operates in person to uh, a remote online mixing mastering studio and yeah just uh growing everything that way yeah yeah so you've had to obviously adapt quite a lot um with what you're doing um what have you been doing to kind of keep yourself busy though bobby and, and have you had lots of projects coming through the door yeah so one of the first things that i kind of pivoted towards was doing more tutorial work so helping other creatives make their music sound better sure and this was just something i was kind of curious about i did some photography stuff and was playing with the idea of doing video tutorials and um obviously i love the music stuff so i kind of blended the two passions and started doing the tutorials and what was shocking to me is and i guess this is a common thing for marketers and i'm sure a lot of people know is uh that when you share your passions with people like uh it's very easy to get other people interested in what you're doing and then they want to work with you yes so yeah that's that alone has grown my business a ton that's great yeah that's great to hear man um i mean we'll come on to the blog in a moment because and the tutorials because i've been i've been checking out some of your videos this week um and i've seen you've been getting a lot of great feedback on them um which is which is awesome like you just said um tell us a little bit about your background though bobby before we before we come on to that in in audio engineering and and music production when did you first get into it yeah um so i've been doing this pretty long time uh it's it's been over 10 years at this point uh started i played guitar in a band Mm -hmm. and it was back it's you know 10 15 years ago and there was no good local studio and this seems to be a reoccurring theme with a lot of people for whatever reason um and we wanted to put out a cd right so uh we looked around couldn't find any place to record so it's like all right well i guess we gotta do it ourselves and it was just learning that way and at that time there was no tutorials there's youtube wasn't really a place to go to get information it was mm-hmm. more like, hey, look, at, here's, a, here's a video of my cat, you know? Um, well, I guess it's kind of the same thing now, but <laughs> um, there's a lot more education available. Yes, yes. And so a lot of trial and error um, and just, you know, playing with microphones and four-track interfaces and just growing yeah. from there. Um, and what's, what's interesting is I'm, uh, I'm actually not a... Uh, an audio engineer full time. So I'm also a 
PhD chemist, which is kind oh, wow. of a wild thing. To there's <laughs> not too many of us where we have the logical science mind and the very creative art kind of uh, mind. Yeah, you know they they battle each other a lot, but I think it gives me uh, a more unique perspective on music, and that's why I'm so interested in audio technology and plugin design and all this, is because it satisfies both parts of that of my brain, right? Yeah. I have the logical yeah. technical side and then the creative side and the, you know, the emotional side. I like that. I like that, that you kind of attack it from more of a scientific, uh, kind of standpoint. Do you get, do you ever get a lot of stick from your peers? Like in that realm saying like, when you mention audio engineering, are they like, Oh, do they like kind of turn their nose up a little bit or not really? Like, Oh, that's so funny that you say that. Um, most of the time they have no idea. So the, <laughs> Most of my uh, science colleagues, they, uh, you know, they're, if it, the topic comes up, they're like, oh yeah, Bobby, you're a DJ or something, right? Like, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> something like so that. It's, yeah. uh, it's something <laughs> interesting, you know, they, everybody's kind of camped out in their own worlds and I'm spanning these two very yeah, different yeah. worlds. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, now, tell us about Raytown Productions um, and about the blog and about the you know these tutorial videos you've been doing. I know you've been doing a lot more of them in lockdown, um, sharing tips and tricks uh, mm-hmm. with the industry. Um, when did you actually first start doing this, Bobby? Um, yeah, so the the blog was um, was an attempt to try to build credibility and and help people so i that's been going on for a few years i didn't really take it very seriously because anytime you first start out it's it's the growth is really slow and there's this horrible period where it feels like you're just throwing things out into the abyss and nothing's coming back yeah and um over time if you're consistent it seems like you start getting a little bit of feedback and it helps you know guide you into the direction that you should be going and so the blog was was very slow for a long time and once i started coupling that with youtube and uh developing the video tutorials where i could literally take you inside you know of a session and show you hey like this is how you should mix vocals and this is how uh you can you can make your music sound good even if you don't have a good interface or microphone or any of that stuff um yeah that's yeah that's basically how it started and uh it, it seems like more recently i've been focusing more on youtube um, just because that seems to be where I get the most feedback, I can reach the most people, and uh, it's just—I I think that's where I'm going to be focusing uh, from here on out. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And and what's kind of the main thing that you're kind of prerogative with it what you, that you're trying to achieve with um, with these videos? Obviously, it's it's sharing that knowledge and it, you know getting that feedback, and then everyone kind of learns from the experience, but are you sort of targeting audiences of all levels, you know, audio guys and girls that are working from the very kind of, um, you know, aspiring kind of level? Yeah, uh, I do. Yeah. So it, I wish I had more focused audience because my, I've, I do work and interact and, and teach to lots of different genres and, in different experience levels. So, but I, I seem to have an audience that's divided into like two basic camps. So I have a lot of um, beat driven music. So like hip hop, rap, EDM yeah. is one group. And then I also tend to have a sound that more aggressive rock, heavy metal people tend to like as well. And I guess it makes sense a little bit because both of those genres are actually very beat driven. Yes. 
Uh, if you think about it, a lot of a lot of people don't really make that connection. But once you start mixing music and you go through this process and you create stuff like this, you start seeing a lot of overlap in those two genres. Mm-hmm. And uh, but typically, I'm I, I give tips and tricks to people who maybe have already bought some basic gear. They're learning how to use it and they're starting to hit some roadblocks where they. You know, they're they're mixing it and then they go and take it to their car or something and it's like, oh, this doesn't sound right. Yeah. And and they listen to their favorite songs and they're like, why can't I get it to sound like that? You know, I, I basically make tutorials and videos for people that um like me when I first started out, when I didn't know what to do and I didn't have any direction or didn't didn't know anything. Mm. And so, mm. you know, that's the the type of people that I, f- I focus on. Yeah, that's cool. Is there a particular kind of realm that you prefer to work in bobby like on the hip-hop r&b edm kind of side or do you prefer like the melodic drums and the snarly kind of the rock side of things you know it just depends on if if i wake up on the wrong side of the bed i want to work on (laughs) metal if i you know it's uh i i think i think it's kind of a blessing to to like both those styles of music so much because it keeps you creative yes and it, it it keeps you from getting into one specific, like pigeonholing your sound. So if I have to work on a metal song and then I immediately go to like the next song I have to master for somebody is like a hip hop track, you know, I'm coming from a different perspective now. And I think, I think that, that kind of helps give me a unique voice if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and do you have a a particular, um, obviously it would depend on, the, the kind of project that you're working on but do you have a general approach uh from say from a mixing standpoint um i guess give us an idea of your your creative process um as it were yeah typically when it comes to mixing i think it's so important to get the rhythm right and maybe this is why i have metal and hip-hop and edm people always coming to me um so i tend to always focus on drums first any type of percussive element that'll get people to dance or move yes um so i start there so kick and snare probably is the first thing i worry about and then um bring up cymbals and things like that make sure everything's fitting and then the next thing is bass guitar and making sure that that is locked in and grooving with the song uh it's so important i think a lot of People, especially when they first start out, they don't appreciate how important getting the low end right in a mix yes. is. It's critical. And I know when I first started out, you just kind of like, oh, it's bass. Just, you know, compress it, and turn it up. Like that's we, that's all we have to worry about. But there's there's so much more to it. Um, you you want to make sure that the song has the right movement. And these are all things that you might not understand when you're first starting out, but you can feel it in an experienced mixer or mastering engineer. Yes, and I suppose the, fundamentally they are the building blocks of of creating any song, really, aren't they? Getting that baseline right, like you say, and then yep. putting the vocal in around that and all the rest of it. But um, okay, great, great. And on the gear side, Bobby, because um, obviously in a lot of your videos you're talking about how to use certain plugins, how to use certain bits of kit. Um, is there any bits and pieces that you've got hold of yourself recently um, that you're really liking at the moment? So given the... Um the change in the way I've been operating my studio. Um, so now, like I said, I'm, I'm remote, hundred percent remote and uh, I'm able to work with so many more people from all over the world, which mm. is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's such a, such a blessing to, 
to you know send an email to africa and then europe and and people local in the united states um what i find is that with with more music coming in it gets more and more challenging to maintain a studio with analog gear um, because there's this new expectation I've been seeing in the last few years where, you know, people want you, the ability to recall a session and then quickly make a little tweak and then send them the file. But in the analog world, that, that's, that's really challenging. Yeah. Um, the gear itself will change over time. There's calibration procedures. And when you, when you operate a studio like that, you're limiting your throughput. So actually in the last few years i've been playing with the idea of transitioning completely to in the box no outboard gear okay and i don't think it's really held me back mm. i i will say there are some differences like it feels more fun and exciting to mix by turning knobs but at the same time uh i think in terms of quality you're just getting maybe a slightly different flavor out of plugins but if you have the right goal, if you have the right vision, I think, and you really understand your tools, I think you can get so close. It doesn't really matter yeah. um, at this point. And I know there's going to be a ton of people that, that will just like argue with me, but the, uh, the science part of my brain, um, I love to do you know blind shootouts and testing to see if I'm just biased or if there's actually a difference I can perceive. And a lot of times these things are so close, you know, I, I, I think people can get away with plug-in, a plug-in bundle and you basically can make music sound as good as any professional mixing and mastering engineer. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, well, it's, it's, it's going to be an ongoing everlasting debate, isn't it? Um, in, in the world of music production, but it's, um, it's just personal preference, I guess, both sides of the coin. And it sounds like you've kind of experienced both and, and worked in both of those worlds and, um yeah interesting that you know the scientific side of it kind of comes into it for you and uh kind of swings it for you but um there is so much choice with plugins these days isn't there it's quite it's quite insane really um yeah and, i mean it's it's amazing yeah <laughs> and like you say each one gives you a kind of different sonic flavor and you can do a lot of experimenting with that and it's it's quick and it's easy um, to just drop them into a track but um, I guess I mean let's let's come on to plugins because the way the way that we got connected was through um, a, a user group on Facebook um, for Oak Sound um, now their plugins they've only got two plugins but they're very very uh, useful um, I've you know I've spoke to a lot of guys and girls about them they call them you know game-changing plugins especially Soothe um, how long have you been using them Bob oh man uh, as soon as I found out about it, it's, I, I'm, I'm in that camp where, uh, I, and I don't say this about plugins ever where I, where you need a certain plugin or there's something that, you know, I, I think is so important that anybody, everybody should buy it. But soothe is one of those weird tools. And I mean, I recommend this to everybody. You can use it on, it's, it's, it can be used literally on like any individual instrument or as a mastering tool and it does things that i can't do by any other means and and i've uh, i've also met the creators of sue that nam uh before before the world came to a screeching halt um and so i got some insight they shared some uh of of how it works behind the scenes with me and yeah it's truly unique it's not like 
a bunch of marketing stuff that's hidden behind a pretty interface. There's, it actually is is very good at what it does, and it is a unique tool that. I mean, that's there's that's my desert island plugin would be Soothe. You know, okay. it's the one thing. If I only had to pick one plugin to take with me, that it'd be that one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just really versatile, isn't it? Um, is the the main thing I hear. You know, you can put it across your vocal bus or or just your drums or across the whole master bus. Right? There's quite a few ways you can you can use it. Um, what's the what's the main ways in in which you use it that you find yourself applying it to to a session? Yeah. Uh, great question. So there's a, f- it, it, it's crazy. Cause every day I, like if I try, I run into a new problem and inevitably it can probably be solved using soothe, which is, which is wild. So for example, the main times I use it are definitely for vocals, especially now with the direction of pop music getting really, really, really airy and bright. Um, that helps just to take off a little bit of the edge of the sibilant vocals that we have. Um, just to smooth it out so that when you know it's broadcasted or radio or streamed it it's makes the song a little bit more listen like uh listenable you don't get fatigued as quickly but it's super transparent if it's dialed in correctly so um in so vocals it's like a you can think of it like an intelligent de-esser yes so it only pops in to take care of things when it gets unruly then gets out of the way um, the other time I, I tend to use it is during mastering, and it basically helps me target and clean up um, any type of ringing uh, or harshness that's building up, yes. especially like if we have a big song that builds up into a chorus, and then now there's so many elements and things are kind of stepping on each other's toes. It just helps to surgically go in and, and pull some of the harshness out so that you know, when the chorus hits, you and if you have the music turned up, it's not gonna hurt your ears essentially. So in metal, it's amazing because drummers love to smash on those, you know, crash cymbals and stuff, and it just takes a little bit of that edge off. But you can still maintain the transients and all that yes. because of all the different features in the plugin. So it's it, it's it's a great tool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, I mean. Yeah, is there a main when you're doing your tutorials and and stuff? Is there a particular um, tips and tricks that you that you tend to recommend? Is there like a say like a top three um, uh, you know tips that you that you generally pass on? And does Sooth come into that? Uh, I think I think so. Actually, uh, Spiff might be something that you could use for one of my top three yeah i mean we haven't spoken about that because that's more of a that's more for transients as well isn't it um that's right yeah Yeah, so it's you could think of spiff as like the opposite it's a little bit different but it's kind of like an opposite approach to um to what sued does um yeah it's a transient enhancer but it does it again intelligently so instead of just boosting you know uh an entire band it's going to intelligently fit the spectrum in real time and boost just the specific frequencies of interest that you're, that you want to enhance. Mm-hmm. So for example, it's really nice in mastering is let's say the drums just feel a little lifeless because maybe someone limited or clipped the audio too much. I can very easily target a, a kick drum or a snare so that it ha- adds a lot of snap without making the vocals sibilant or bright yeah. because it only goes in, when there's that the attack of the snare so 
tools like that really help um, wake up a track and allow you to enhance the groove of the track. So the yeah. biggest thing, like top three things that I recommend people focus on is to um, make sure that the song feels right in that when you're listening to the song, there's nothing that's taking you out of the moment. And then whatever that thing is, figure out a way to, to treat it. The second thing is to really listen to the movement of the song mm -hmm. um, and, and dial in. And that, that can be done with compression um, and just learning how to use that as a tool to enhance the groove instead of just smash everything down. And the last thing I would say is don't be afraid of doing things the hard way. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is sometimes songs are dynamic, right? I mean, they have different parts, pieces, elements come and go. So automation is something that I think people forget about as uh, is really useful. So you can turn on plugins or adjust volume as the song is progressing. And that can add so much... Uh, like a third dimension of of dynamics and in, in uh make a song really interesting when when it you know you're given like a, a flat sounding track to yes. work with yes and i suppose both suv and spiff um would be good i just had a thought of like you know the kind of projects you're doing at the moment a lot of remote projects i guess people are sending you recordings and stems that are just th them recording in their bedroom or in a in a room that might have some some harsh reflections going on and Susan Spiff and for, for notching out some of those resonances would be ideal for something like that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's so many things you can adjust to really target, uh, what the problem really is mm. with those mm. tools. Um, on soothe, you have, you, you can operate it in mid and side mode, which is something I use all the time. So for, ma for mastering, for example, let's say the vocals are a little bit bright, but you want to keep the air of the cymbals or there's like some synthesizers that have a cool texture. You don't want to mess with that. You can just put Soothe in mid mode and then focus on just the overly bright sibilant features of the vocal in the middle channel and leave everything else alone. Um, and they also have a mix knob, which is super helpful. So you can dial in the amount of that effect that you want. So I tend to not, I never really leave it at 100%. I always like to let a little bit of that natural um, sound come through so that the artist's vision is maintained mm -hmm. to some degree. Um, but, but definitely I, I have it so it will pull some of that harshness away. Um, and the, the other feature of Suit that I think a lot of people overlook is the attack knob. And it mm -hmm. blows my mind because sometimes you see people say, oh, it's, it does too much to the audio and it's because you have it acting too quickly. Mm -hmm. So you just put a slower attack on it and it allows a little bit of the natural brightness to come through on a voice and it, it just gives it such a more natural sound. And I, I don't know, I just feel like that's something people forget about and they just turn the big knob and they're like, it sounds weird. Like, I don't like it, but yeah. man, it's, you just have to back it off and, and, and think a little bit, more scientifically, see. There we go. And we uh, go. and then you you'll be able to problem solve it. But I mean, it's one of the most transparent tools I've ever found. So yeah, yeah, great stuff. And I've I've heard that a lot. You know, that's um, you've gone into a lot of uh, cool kind of detail there about how how you actually use it, which is um, which is great. And obviously, uh, you know, I can tell that you enjoy using this stuff. Having watched a few of your videos, you know, um, 
you're very you know explaining things very well and and um you know i can fully relate to how your why your audiences are um are so kind of engaged with with your content which is which is cool man um and thank um, you so much man. yeah no it's it's great what have you got planned bobby yourself in terms of projects for the rest of the year obviously it's hard to plan things at the moment with with everything going on but um what's what's on the table for you in terms of uh projects or are you obviously you're going to be continuing to do the the tutorials that's right yeah so uh because the tutorials have gone so well um i've actually started developing uh a mastering course oh amazing so this is uh this is something where it's it's one of those things where you know the world is telling you what to do and it, it keeps beating you over the head and and i kept fighting it and eventually it's like well if so many people are asking me for a mastering course like why don't i make a mastering course so uh, that's something I've been working the last three or four months on actively, and we're in the cool. final stages now. And uh, within the next few weeks, we'll be seeing uh, my first uh, full intensive mastering course roll out for people with home studios that are tired of, you know, their songs sounding like demos. And this, I think, this is going to help a lot of people. That's really cool, man. So will that be something that's just available? Uh, just on your website or will it be where would where will that be um yeah so i'll be doing a uh an announcement through my email newsletter uh that'll be coming up here in a in a few weeks um but uh yeah basically if, if you go to raytownproductions.com uh once the course is available there will be a way to navigate to it there will be open and closed enrollment because uh, one of the course options is going to have a coaching component. Okay. So, uh, so if you have questions as you're going through the course, we'll have group calls. So I'll be able to um, help you know steer people if they're they're getting off track a little bit, and uh, they're also. Uh, I'll be offering like a mastering critiques. So, cool. um, you know, as you go through and, and there'll be practice songs, um, but this is focused more for the rock and metal genre right now. Um, in a few more months, I think I'll start exploring some other genres, but I think it's important to focus on one genre at a time instead of just doing a broad mastering course, because sure. while there's like a lot of overlap with, with uh, approaches to things, the genres are innately different and they do have very specific sounds. So, um, you know, if, if you just do a big broad one, you're going to miss the nuances mm. that really make a certain genre shine. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. And mastering is a whole kind of different beast in itself, isn't it? So I guess little taking little chunks of the, of the cake at a time or, or whatever you want to, however you want to talk, right. talk about it. Yeah. yeah that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, that's really exciting. That's something to uh, to look forward to. Um, and and best of luck with that, Bobby. It sounds like it's it's in full swing at the moment. So um, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure you'll continue to get some fantastic engagement with your uh, with your videos. Um, and uh, and I'll keep up to date. Obviously, um, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great chatting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we'll catch up soon, uh, all the best you've, you know, with everything you've got going on at the moment and, um, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up very soon, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kobe. Really appreciate you inviting me on here. It's all good. It's all good. You take care and, uh, yeah, all the best. Stay safe. Stay safe, man. Bye now. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.